This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF much, Cedric S. Ben Sump, A.O. Touching the blind side, blue paper once again. That's the unhinged end of season elation. The passionate passion, if I can put it that way, for success. An all-consuming desire for finals action from the Sumster camped in the bludging in the blindside soundproof cave and uh, underwater conveyance at ABC Grandstand Olympic HQ. Uh, it's a big mouthful, but it's all there. Now, happy rugby league, Australian cave dwellers. Uh, now, firstly, NRL news. And the man of feathers, Peter Volandes, has flipped the semi-final narrative and moved the start time for the big one next Saturday. That Storm v. the winner of Para or Penrith. That's going to be wound back to 4 p.m. Please make a note of that, uh, blindsiders. That's in eastern states. Uh, now, this is... Uh, the, so, the kickoff at 4 p.m. will swerve around... A, a, a planned clash at the moment with the AFL granny on the same day at the same time. The players themselves will be very relieved, I know that. I know uh, I've spoken to a lot of Storm, Para and Penrith people over the years and they love the AFL and uh, they love the AFL granny. And I put this message out to all dual, dual code freaks who are rubble with anticipation, we've made it happen just for you. After a weekend of controversial refereeing and bunker decisions, NRL Supremo Abdo ask coaches to cool the rising tensions over performance of league officials. Now, there's a lot on that this week. And I come back to that original thing why why Volandis, the man of feathers, got the job, was his big claim was that we won't be talking about what the referees are doing. Two years into the job, what are we doing? We're talking about nothing but the bloody referees. But I like it. I like it. I think it's, he's, he's, he's understanding a referee, the six again, all that sort of stuff. We'll be able to talk about it in a minute. It's great. It's a, a call for calm from head office concerning the performance of league officials. Uh, and it's a big, uh, you've just got to wonder how this match is going to unfold tonight with that call for calm echoing from League HQ to all the way to Suncorp. Uh, now, this call followed the explosive comments from Panther Chief Cleary and head of the Hutch, Bennett, well, can I point it out? It was more one-way traffic and somebody fell into a big trap. Abdo pleaded with fo- uh, all football followers to shift the gaze away from tweeters and their mistakes, but the games blowers give the code so much to chat about. Where would uh, be? Where would we be? Well, would there be anything to talk about or rabbit on about if the officials and bunkers got everything right? We'd sit in silence, wouldn't we? There'd be no show. And what would, uh, you know, the 702 grandstand people do or the grandstand, ABC grandstand people do? I mean, if, think about it. They've got eight hours to fill and a match only lasts 80 minutes. You know, do the maths. Basically, they're there 
hoping something's going to happen. Well, it always does with the referees. Last weekend gave league lovers plenty to savour. The crocodile was back, the penalty try, the penalty try that wasn't, the wall, the curse of blocking and the number of players on report. Uh, many giving a kick into the NRL head high jar and the swear box at the tribunal. Now... Certainly it's been so far. 2021 has been the best uh, final series since the magic of 2020. Can you remember that, how great it was? Psst. Is that the sound of air escaping from the Panther balloon after the shock locks to the rabbits? And what a tussle last night. Sea Eagles, I mean, they just lasted. That's how I saw it. It was just, you know, in the, in the dying seconds, it was all to play for. They lasted the score. Well, was it 46 to 6? I think that's about how it turned out. Sea Eagles, obviously... They had too much power, too much grunt and poke where it mattered and too much speed out wide on the edge. Don't like using that term, but bugger it, I'll say that. On the edge, they unearthed that bloke Harper. Is he an edge player? I think he might be. Uh, There was literally no time for League HQ to tackle the NRWL this week. Have I said that right? NRLW. Uh, there's still so many questions lurking and so few answers about why the season's been delayed and or it sounds like it's been postponed and why no one's been paid. Speaking of the rabbits, hasn't SAS Australia captured the nation's imagination? And the big rabbit, Sam Burgess, I mean, he's got all the headlines, choking an instructor. That was great work from uh, the big rabbit. And there was talk of a bra boy cheating and horrible food. Thanks, Manu. And the Aussie favourite, Bryn Edelston, was the first to walk the plank back to civilian life. Bryn said uh, under canvas wasn't a great experience, but she added, but being married to Jeff was much, much worse. That puts the rigours of this army training comp right into context. Uh, you know, somebody with Bryn's experience of both. I mean, you've got to, you've got to sit, and, sit up and take note. Uh, makeup artists and on a horror shoot, Aussie cave-dwelling submariners, carpet layers hoping to get the underlay down by lunchtime, and painters working in the underwear with the Windsor and Newton. Welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side. This is H.G. Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. A week went too much, but it's brilliant enough. And Rugby Union. We lead off with Rugby Union and the coach of the Golden Nutty Boys, Dave Rennie, produced the miracle of the Cooper boot at Seabus last Sunday night. A thrilling win for a nation desperate for some good news and some hope. That's right, some hope. That's all we wanted was some hope and we got it. Some old-fashioned hope from the old gold fruit and nut frontier and it's all there. It was a beautiful block of F and N. The tune, gold, that is fruit and nut gold, 28, Springboks, 26. An old-fashioned touch-up, dished out to, wait for it, South Africans who are currently the world champs. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, baggers. Uh, with that slipper performance, Quaid now becomes eligible to become Australian citizen, so Julie was welcomed into the uh, green and gold world uh, midweek. And uh, predictably enough now, the old golds and the springboks will face off again tomorrow night at Seabus. So it just comes around, you know, you wait for a long time for one bus and all of a sudden three come along at once. Incidentally, AFL... Incidentally, AFL and many blindsiders have asked me when and where the Brownlow is happening in 2021. Well, football's Night of Nights is on tomorrow night. Hame the Hammer will be hosting on seven with input from the Mayor. That's the Mayor of Perth. It's a semi-remote coverage on the count from 7.30 in the east. The murderer will be uh, reading out all the votes, you know, Round one, Collingwood versus Carlton, three votes to, uh, you know, Maddie, Paddy Cripps, etc. You know, you know what it's like, Brownlow freaks. Uh, they'll be, he'll be reading them out from a semi-remote uh, location uh, via Zoom, obviously, in a, a, well, as I understand, it's a top secret location. No one can find it in Broughton Street, Bicton, WA. So they've gone to every effort to hide the murderer so the police won't nab him. Motorsport and Verstappen does it again. Should I say Verstappen does it again? 
This time in the Italian Grand Prix, he puts his car on top of Lewis Hamilton's head. I've never seen that done before, but uh, I'm sure people will know when it's happened before. Uh, There's no end to this bloke's bizarre invention behind the wheel. Hamilton, who walked away, says the innovative safety halo saved his life. Uh, Probably a fair call. But uh, the talk will uh, continue as it does. Tempers will be inflamed. And let's just let sleeping dogs lie for the minute and move on. Boxing, and did you get a peek at the Evander Holyfield fight last weekend? It was a, a, a night of fun for all the family. There was something very special about the whole affair. I was just settled in and suddenly it was over. The words of age-appropriate activities came to mind during that one minute and nine seconds of fistic fury. But it was great, great, great to see Evander out there in the shorts. And, uh, oh, I mean, I'd love to see it again. I mean, I wonder if there's talk of a rematch. Uh, and still with the sweet signs, Bronco forwards uh, Tom the Bucket Flegler and Jordan Stilson's Ricky. Uh, well, could they t- be taking their place on the donkey cir- circuit very soon? There was a lively Mad Monday sparring session that cooked up nicely and a rematch on the DC circuit must be on the cards. Racing and the Sports Peak Body uh, Racing Australia's Horse of the Year is now described officially as a joke. The horses... Up for the big guns were dumped into the wrong category or omitted altogether or failed to crack a mention in the stewards' report when the uh, nominations came out. Racing Supremo Miles Foreman, whose work normally I like, has been, was unable to explain the stuff-ups but claimed the whole process would have, been to- have to be totally reimagined. His words, not mine. Imagine that, a Horse of the Year event being totally reimagined. An outraged foreman blamed the Mornington Five for the schmozzle. He believes the selection process was hexed in that Mornington Airbnb. And in B&B news from uh, last Sunday night, the ringleader of the coven, uh, currently on the sidelines, Jamie Carr, picked up the prestigious Scobie Breezley medal only in racing. Only in racing could a person out it at that point for three months and now five months pick up the best and fairest medal. <laughs> Go figure. The Breezley incidentally the equivalent of the AFL's Brownlow. Uh, now, at v- a week's end, uh, VRC stewards handed down the verdict on Carr lying to the stewards' charge. In a shock, the panel added the origi- uh, to the original three uh, for uh, being unable to obviously participate in racing, for being economical with the truth and the super hoop, remember, a jockey of the year last year, is now out for five months all up. Oh, she must have done something wrong. Uh, she can don the silks in January with a much lighter wallet. Mercifully, she's appealing to the Supreme Court. It's underway as we speak. And I understand she'll be using a religious defence. As Grand Wizard in a coven, surely this uh, uh, qualifies for an exemption of uh, being economical with the truth on religious grounds. Because let's face it, religion, there's no, no greater economy of truth than religion. Now, Aussie's fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through these solidly backed up storage of the week sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go. And if you've stepped up and have a go, get in the queue for another go. And if you've already got in the queue, stay there because you're going to get another go in a, rem- in a minute or two. And remember, we haven't arrived there yet. Well, no, we're there, there because we've stopped asking, are we there yet? And uh, again, there's no safer place to attend a funeral than Australia. So loved ones, start planning now. To get the blindside barge away from the wharf, let's lock horns with the man who this week announced the annual weekend of rugby league wellness at Watsford Oval has been given the green light by health authorities for the first weekend in January, uh, should I say, in February 2022. Make a note. 
This is an intensive three days featuring sessions on diet, stretching exercises for league players, goal setting and visualisation, breathing techniques using their Wim Hof technique of staying alive while your head is shoved into a bucket of freezing water, walking around the Oval barefoot, Manu's kitchen will pop up with diet tips he picked up from the SAS Australia. There will be recovery sessions for all those who took the head in the bucket plunge. And on the final night, all attendees will sit in a pyramid and just meditate on what rugby league means to them. All this and more in the magical surrounds of Watford Oval. The man curating the show is the voice of hope. That's right, the voice of hope! Look, I've forgotten his name. I just know him as that fellow from Down Under and my pal. Can we get the bludging on the blind side bunny in motion simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick. Dude, I remembered that bit. Yes, thank you very, 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 very much, uh, H.G. Nelson. Very exciting week in Happy Rugby League. H.G. Happy Rugby League. Happy Rugby League. Australia. Uh, now, you have alluded to this and it was such a... A relief to me this week. I took a call last Sunday evening from John Eels. And uh, he was very concerned uh, about the uh, status, the citizenship status of Quade Cooper. And uh, we agreed that it was a travesty that uh, someone who's given so much over so many years uh, wearing proudly uh, the what used to be Qantas Wallaby Gold Guernsey and now the Cadbury and his sterling performance last weekend, you know, that that just uh, tipped everyone, I think, over the edge. Uh, so we, uh, John Eels and myself, was a delegation to meet with Minister Hawke, uh, the Immigration Minister, and uh, it took a little bit of persuading, but I think when John Eels leaned forward to the Minister and said, Minister... It just doesn't pass the pub test. And when he said that, Minister Hawke, the penny dropped and the citizenship for Quaid was approved within the hour, mm-hmm. I'm pleased to say. Um, so uh, so I, I thank very much the, uh, the sterling work done on this occasion by uh, John Eels. I just could not put it in a nutshell as he did. No, it's as brilliant. Persuasive. Brilliant. And that, that's what... Makes him what he is. I think your line, Minister, what would John Eels do? What would John Eels do? Oh, exactly. Too. Yes, yes. I mean, well, I'm that's what I followed up. Yeah, I know. He said, you know, pub test. I said, and Minister, what would John Eels do? Yeah. And so the Minister turned to John Eels and said, John, what would you do? <laughs> and John said, I, I, I think I'd uh, grant him citizenship immediately, Minister, and then go to the pub. Are you worried that this will open the yes, floodgates flood for I know. Yes, people? Of course. Who, yeah. There are always wrinkles. There are always yeah. people who are going to try and take advantage of this, trying to become wallabies as a means of, you <laughs> yeah, know, no, the, you know what they're like. You don't have to spell it You know what they're like. I do. People queuing up from yeah. overseas wanting, wanting to be wallabies. Just on the off chance, John Eels will notice. Well, that's what we've got to guard against. Yeah. Thank God we've got a minister like Hawke. <sighs> the US Open was Djokovic's to lose, and he did. Yep. I didn't watch it because I can't bear the fellow. And so I just met her. And I'm not a big fan of Medvedev either. So it was, a sort of, it was sort of lose-lose, you know. It was sort of whoever wins loses and whoever loses wins for me. Um, but I was uh, taken by the um, post-match comments made by... Uh, Djokovic, that it was, uh, he was in tears, not because he'd lost, not because he'd lost a Grand Slam, 
not because uh, he'd uh, failed to uh, have more slams than any other player in the history of the game. He was in tears because of the support he got from the New York crowd. Yeah, they didn't like Medvedev, did they? No, they didn't because he's Russian. No, no, they might have something to do with it. I I'm tell not you what, sure. Imagine if he was French. I know. We'll get to the French a little bit later. Uh, we've got to pour oil on troubled waters, mm. seawater. Um, so uh, yes, he, he was very, very emotional uh, because of the. It could, because it's unusual for Djokovic to feel any love. Could that be the end? It, it was uncharted territory for him, and it, yes. it really upset him being in loved. that position. Yes, in that yes. position. Yes. What they like me? What me? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's the belief. end? Hmm? Do you think that's the end? Uh, the end of Djokovic? Yeah, you know. Oh, I'm not sure. But, you know, for crowds, you know, for, say the Australian Open, I'd suggest the crowd get right behind Djokovic and watch him lose because you get so upset again, you know. Can't see, can't see the ball for the tears. Sam Stosel, what a great story. She's won I the know. doubles with China's uh, Zhang Shui, I think. Um, which is terrific to see. And it was 16 years after she... Won the Open. Won the Open, yeah. yeah. Isn't that phenomenal? What a phenomenal record. What a phenomenal Australian Sam yeah. Stoser has been. Yeah. You know, to turn up week in, week out and lose for so long and to have a turnaround. I mean, she's the Mark Hensby. It would be like Mark Hensby coming out and winning... The PGA. Yes. Now... Or a four ball or something. Yeah. Can or, I point out that, you know, the... Uh, a lot of commentary about the Australia's relationship to the Bledisloe Cup. Oh, yes. And that uh, the comment is that we keep losing, but eventually we win one. Yes. Well, Sam Stoza is the, is the proof, proof of that pudding. That's what I said to John Hills on the Did way you? back from the delegation with Horgy. That's what I said to him. I said, look at Sam Stoza. That's the story for the Wallabies. He said, I'll pass that on. Uh, Ricardo and Norris, one and two for McLaren in the Italian GP. And how fantastic was that? Well, good to see the shoey again. Oh, the shoey, yes. Right, people that was the love that, of the don't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a little... Look, it's nothing serious. It's just a little bit of showbiz that Ricciardo brings. And there's nothing like cementing the idea of drinking yes, and speed. And, yeah, and footwork. And footwear. Yes, footwear. They're the big three. They're the big three. Ravi Shastri's indiscretion has caused the cancellation of the final test between England and India. He attended a, a book launch where COVID was present and this was against the team policy. I don't know what the uh, implications are going to be, but it's cost billions of dollars to the uh, economies both of uh, England and India. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Certainly the BCCI are ropeable with Shastri, who uh, is a, a known anti-vaxxer and won't wear a mask. And it takes a lot to get the BCCI around. It certainly does. It certainly look does. what they've had to put up with over the years. Yeah, I know. I know. Now, speaking of the BCCI, Matthew Hayden has joined the Pakistani oh, like T20 coaching staff, like which has surprised the, the, the Pakistani public, who argue quite rightly that he has no coaching experience at all. And it's true, he doesn't. Um, it's safety it, in boats is well, his it, go. it doesn't pass the pub test. No. Does it? It just does not pass the pub test. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, when it was announced it might have been um, uh, the chairman, the PBC, that's the Pakistani Cricket Board chairman, I think it might be Ramiz Raja, yes, who made the announcement, yeah. and many thought he was being facetious. Oh, I did. I thought he was, but he wasn't. Is Matthew Hayden the only one they can get? I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's a it's a tough gig. 
I agree. It's a, it's a did, tough didn't, gig. Um, I don't know Lawson... if he's. I, I, I assume he'd be zooming it in. Oh, you'd have to. You'd have you to zoom go. it in. No, you couldn't go. Now Emma McKeon, she, she says that uh, racing for prize money as part of the London Raw team will be a mental break for her because she sees it as being fun, and it probably would be too. Right. Um, you know, when you're you know training, 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 it's just for you to get your time down and to maybe win a medal at an Olympic Games. Well, that's great, but when you're doing it for money. Oh, it's a whole different. It's thing. a whole different ball game. Isn't it, it is. It is. It is. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. You get back to your dressing room. You know, you, you shower. You, you you get out of your togs, and there's a brown paper bag. You oh, beauty. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Isn't it? It's amazing. And refreshing. Refreshing. Yes. Mm. Now the Australian Golf Open. It's been postponed. I think it was postponed last year as well. So when are we going to see some decent golf on Australian territory? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anyone has a plan. Anyone can see how we're going to get out of this with golf. Golf has been... I mean, nobody's talking about the impact of COVID on golf. They're not. Well, They're well, not. Remember that uh, there was a lot of courses shut in the Victorian area. Yes. And Sam Newman... Oh, Sam really got upset. He, 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 he led a well, one-man demonstration exactly. outside Parliament House. Exactly. It was great. Outside Parliament House. It was great. It was great. Changed people's Changed minds. nothing. I know. <laughs> Changed nothing. A wonderful week, of course, for the greatest game of all. Uh, a very subdued Mad Ma- Mad Monday celebrations, HG. There was only the incident that you, that you yeah, the uh, alluded to, mm. and that was uh, just Flegler and Ricky, I think. It was Look, it was one of those things they were just chayacking about, just doing a little bit of wrestling, as you do after you've had a few beers. Um, and the wrestling got a little bit serious. You know, probably someone started saying, yeah, put a bit of money on it. You know, yeah. I'm I'm back and flag. Go on, Flaggy, get in there. Yeah, Come on, Ricky. Oh, win yeah. with the knee. Go in with the knee. Polly's yeah. fun. Yeah, you know, you know what it's like. I do. Anyway, I got out of hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ambulance was called. Totally out of hand. Uh, you know, well, and the ambulance was called. Both were taken to hospital. And it looks as though none will be available for neither. But just <laughs> for the, will for be the first four or five rounds exactly. of next year. <laughs> That's what it looks like. So win, win, win all around. Um, now. I'm just wondering, actually, did Bennett get into Cleary's head? Yeah, well, that's what I was alluding to. Yeah, it looks as if he did. Mm. And when you've got Bennett in your head and you're trying to coach, it doesn't work. No. You know, the wheels fall off. No. Uh, and so the, the Penrith I looked at, you know, I watched the game, I thought it was, I was fascinated by it, but it didn't look like Penrith out there, did it? Certainly didn't. It looked like someone had got into Penrith's head. Oh. And, and, and into the coach's head. I think you nudged me and I at did. one point I said, you said, yeah. you know, is Ricky Stewart taking yeah. over this team? Yeah, who's taking over? Because mm. they're, they're, they're playing like Raiders, mm. I said to you. They're not going to win playing like Raiders. And as it turns out, they didn't. Make of that what you will. The Bludge is fully supportive of referees who put the game ahead of themselves. And don't just blow to pull focus. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, and if you want to get involved with the show, text number is 0467920222. That's 0467920222. Or the old snail mail way, roynhg at abc.net.au. roynhg at abc.net.au. Now, Roy, we're just talking off air there while Travis, the band named after Travis Head, were playing, mm. uh, and suggesting that the media soft soap 
the Mad Monday celebrations yeah. this year. You and I got a lot of whispers. There's which a lot of collusion happening between the, 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 the Rugby of... League and News Limited. Yes. And to uh, keep it quiet. And the ABC. Yes. And I think the ABC has been been shut up as well. Yeah. Now, now, who this order came from? Maybe the sports minister. I don't know. Or the minister for communications. I don't know who that is. Now, minister sportsman is the big Dicky Colbeck. Colbeck, yes. He's very firm. Very firm. He just got all the boys out of town. I use the word boys advisedly. Yes. And uh, you know, into desert areas. Yes. Up around Flinders Ranges, where they couldn't do much damage to anything. Sure. Especially the environment, and just let them run amok. Right. Apparently, there's a few still up there. Still on straggl- the, few stragglers. Few stragglers coming back in. Yeah, right. But it was a great idea, really, wasn't it? And it was great to see the government involved Well, we've in been that. calling for this for a hell of a long we time. Have. Not for uh, suppression orders on the ABC and News Limited uh, or Channel 9 or the Channel 9 newspapers. Or the Empire. Or the, the Empire. Media the nine, Empire. Yeah, or Channel 7 mm-hmm. um, because they were told, directed to stay stumm. There is no negative rugby league story to be told this week was the order. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, the order. Yeah. Now, I, I find that offensive. That's not an Australia I recognise. I mean, this suppression of information, the public has a right to know. You know, you've got on record already the uh, photographic evidence of three houses burning. Yes. And seven cars. Seven cars burning, okay. yes. All with. I've got that, I've got that footage. It was sent to me. It, it, the, the, sure, the faces have been pixelated a bit, so it's hard but to tell. The, but but the I know jumpers, who they are. They're, yeah, they're identifiable. They're easily identifiable because they're wearing jumpers with yes. number seven and their name on the That's back. That's right. Sure. That's right. Now. Anyway. We move on. We do. Look, this does worry me that the bunker Mm. could be buried. Uh, The bunker has brought such a great dimension. It has. To rugby league officialdom. It has. Now. Well, uh, you've got to ask yourself, has the bunker made more correct decisions than poor decisions? Wow. And I would argue that probably it has. By a factor. By 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 a factor of maybe one or two percent. Yeah. No, that's correct. That's my reading. Anyway, yeah. now, the NRL uh, was dealt with the biggest on-field shake-up over the past 12 months. This is the uh, Murdoch Press. Mm-hmm. And now focus shifted to mirroring those changes away from the field with the $2 million bunker firmly in its crosshairs. Wow. A lot of money to be sure. It is a lot of money, isn't it, for truth? Well, <laughs> now. I mean, it, what cost rugby league truth? Well, how can you put a price on that? How can you put a price on a correct decision or an incorrect decision? They're getting it very cheap. They are. Now, I think 10 million, 2 million, was it? 2 million, million. did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I think 2 million is very cheap for what we get and the amount of of talk it generates. I know. The program it it generates. Hours. Hours. Now, the NRL has commissioned a game wide review into a number of off field issues Mm. and will spend the off season pouring over a range of reports and options. So I like the sound of that. Yep. Now, no review notice, reports and options. Mm-hmm. It's understood the match review committee and how the judiciary panel operates will form a focal point of that view and could mean changing types of charges, loadings and how long they uh, carry over points. Now, we flagged this, I think, last week. We did. That they were going to, fines were going to start at $150,000. That's right. For the smallest. Smallest misdemeanour. Yeah, like giving a bird to the crowd on the yes. way to the sin bin or something like that. Yes. The smallest or getting a referee's name wrong. Or caught in a toilet. Yeah, and appearing on yes. Love at First Flush. Yes. 150000 Thanks very much. Yep. Travis said. Now, at the end of the season, everything is under review, said Volandis. Mm-hmm. The um, match review committee, all of it. And that's not because there have been a, a lot of instances of errors. Mm-hmm. It's good corporate governance to check your systems to make sure they're operating as best as they can. Oh, that's true. 
That's very true. That's, that is corporate governance. Who's leading the inquiry? Is the Gould, Blandis. The Gould Commission going to step in? I mean, he's, uh, he did St George. He did St George and Penrith. He did Penrith. And now I think he knocked back one of the other ones. Right. So could I suggest the Prime, the Prime Minister's Department might be able to look into it? Maybe Gajans? He could. They'd have plenty of time to do plenty it. Plenty of time. Mm. Now, because all their all their other reports don't seem to find, and reviews <laughs> don't seem to find any Well, we never get anything. We never we'll, get anything back. No. Now, and, and let's face it, uh, you know, the Scamow loves his league. Yes. He does forget. love his he, league. He loves Cronulla. He's a he, shark, he's a man. shark, you know, up, up Cronulla. Yes. Now... We're doing a very detailed analysis off-season. Mm. Uh, the $2 million bunker could also come out of the spotlight. The NRL has been using a remote bunker for video referee decisions during some finals matches. I thought there was something weird about yes. it. Yes. A remote bunker. Yeah. The temporary van is set up outside venues like Daly Morton mm. and is a far cry from the 57 monitor set up and used at the bunker in Everly, which is, you know, obviously oh, closer yes. to Luke yeah. HQ. Yep. The mobile bunker could be used for the grand final. Oh, Ooh, look I hope out. not. I hope not. They need 57 screens you to need do a at least fund. 57 screens to cover a grand I'd final. I'd double that. I I'd would too. My first item on the report, yep. double the number of screens yep. and get people who understand television. Yes. You know, people Boy, that'd be people. 114 screens. 114 You'd screens. You'd need that as a minimum. <laughs> and Absolute are, minimum. I've said this all the and way through. 114 people to watch each bloody screen. Exactly. And all ticketed as all television. All ticketed, yes. Television compliant. Yes. Television Correct. Yep. Television, ticketed television for media with yep. simple things like slow motion. Yep. What does it mean? How does it work? Yep. You know. Yes. What are you looking at? Etc. Now, the bunker is still used for head injuries, assessments and match review committee. We've saved a lot of money by making the organisation run more efficiently. This is a Valandas. Mm. That's not getting rid of staff. It's about doing things in different ways which saves money. Oh, right. I'm not sure you can save much without getting rid of staff. Mm. I think that's where, you know, a lot of organisations like Rugby League would be yeah. awash with people yeah. who are just basically time servers who clock on and Well, how many were taken to Brisbane? Wasn't it a hundred? Hundreds. Hundreds? Hundreds? Oh. Staff? Well, it was Abdo and his staff? Well, there, I think he's got about 250 working 250 for him. 250 working for him. I mean, Volandis has staff. Oh, thousands. Thousand people. And uh, it's not about doing things, obviously. The last thing we want to do is affect staff. So they won't get fired, obviously. Right. There's a lot of processes that cost that uh, cost, and we can run them more efficiently and effectively. Mm. Other reforms being considered in, uh, include implementing a transfer window. A transfer window? Well, well that's a good idea. It? How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Restricting a transfer play. window for players well, or, or, or staff or, or staff or a transfer window for, for referees. Well, it's a bit, it's a bit general, isn't it? Yeah, it's I a bit mean, that's general. why we need the Gajan's bloody <laughs> magnifying glass. <laughs> and the review. Restricting players from seeking release from their current deal to earn more money elsewhere. Oh, it'll never happen. Restricting uh, the players from earning more money, what, they can't do an, an ad for bloody tradies' underpants anymore? They can't. The NRL is also ex exploring, this is what I love, the introduction of the forward pass technology. Now, most of these things get announced every six weeks and then nothing happens. That's true. Big kerfuffle in the press. Yes. People go outraged. Well, you just got to make the announcement. Yes, well, we've decided to have an inquiry. I've spoken to Mr Gajans and uh, he'll be beginning the inquiry. Um, Sometimes we'll so. get back to you when uh, he's got a report. That's what you've got to say. There's a new noise in rugby league cheese this season. Try the creamy Tamalolo Brie or the fruity Kronk Gorgonzola. 
from the master Melbourne cheesemaker, Jesse Bromwich. Details at your nearest league cheddar outlet on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, the rugby league isn't the only sport in trouble in this area. I did take a, a call from Brad Scott, who's just been appointed to the AFL. Uh, he's appointed to Steve Hocking's old role as, uh, you know, sort of AFL general manager now mm. down in, um, you know, obviously Dockland. Yeah. Uh, he says, umpiring is one of the the portfolio's former ruse coach. This is obviously Brad Scott, will now overseas. The 44-year-old, uh, 45-year-old believes the league has, quote, a fair bit of work to do. Right. Uh, to overcome problems associated with umpiring. The game is, as grassroots is growing really strongly. The umpire numbers are growing, are but they? they're not growing fast enough to keep rate with the oh, increased participation. Okay, yeah, yeah. When we look through it, when we look at it through that lens, mm-hmm. we've got a bit of an emergency. Mm. He put the uh, issue down to poor way umpires are treated at the elite level, and this is where I want yeah, to get your thoughts, yeah. both in the rugby league and the AFL, or yeah. for that matter, oh, well, I forget rugby union, their umpires are... They are totally lost cause. You know, at the elite level. As an industry, we've got to change our view of umpiring. It's something we need to create pathways so as young boys and girls see it as an occupation, Mm -hmm. something they can do. We're going to have a looming crisis unless we attract more umpires to the game and a big part of attracting umpires to the game is the way they're treated or perceived, you know, by society when they're not blowing. Yes, true. It's no secret the AFL is an incredibly tough game to umpire, a reason Scott believes uh, should do the whistleblowers justice (laughs) in a lot of their decision-making. He Mm. always puts a lens over it that AFL footy is the hardest game to adjudicate in the whole world. Really? The whole world. That's a big call. Wow. When you've got a game where a decision can be a push in the back or holding the ball and both be right at the same time, we know how all how challenging that is. There's a fair bit of work to do. The new GM, I should point out, for you know, balance and fairness of football at AFL House was previously fined thirty grand in twenty sixteen when he accused the umpires of bias as a at a North, at when he was North coaching North Melbourne at the time. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. So, so he knows, so how he it knows feels. what it feels like. Yeah. yeah, he's been there. Yeah, he's been in the bowl. Mm-hmm. The, the the AFL recently took a stand on disrespectful behaviour. We well, we don't want to rehearse the no, green no, issue now. No, no. Now, Roy. Yes. Elite. Yep. And how they're perceived at elite. Now, it's just when I see that. What I'm thinking of is what would make kids think about being an umpiring? We'd say if the salary is raised to a million dollars a match. Yeah, that's true. That that would work. Look, I, I, I've thought about this for a fair while. I, I think there are a couple of very simple things you can do mm-hmm. to turn umpiring and refereeing around in the public's eyes. Um, it's always amazed me, HG, if you go to a game of rugby league, um, the whistleblower just comes out and nothing is said. I think it should be a, there should be a form and an, an, a formal announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, In could charge. you please stand yes. out of respect to our referee this afternoon, uh, Mogshin Jadwat. So, <laughs> Named from uh, the past. Yeah. Are you Mogshin? Yeah, yep, Put yep, in yep. Mogshin. Yes. <whistles> and, Do your best. And at the end of the match, when the la- final whistle is blown, someone like Mogshin or whoever it is blowing... Uh, stands in the middle of the oval and t- bows to the four corners of the crowd. Can I so go a little bit bows, further? Bows that way, then this way, then that way. People politely stand again and applaud a terrific job done. 
And could it be along the lines of, I've loved umpiring here today. Mm-hmm. Whenever I come to Morton Daly, the crowd is always so supportive. Yes, yes. I've had, only had my car burnt to pieces once here. <laughs> yes. In the last five years that I've been officiating. Sure, sure. And people do say that, uh, you know, Twitter is a bad place and people can't stand the hatred mm-hmm. and the vitriol that's spewed out yes. there. I have not had one bad comment. No. From anybody connected with the teams sure. that I've refereed today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. very much. We'll see you next well, week. Well, see, again, it wouldn't hurt to, you know, sure, Channel 9, they want to talk to the, you know, get JT to talk to the, you know, the Participants. player of the match or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Why not talk to the referee? I know. I how mean, well, people would love, we'd be fascinated to know how, you know, how'd you blow today? How'd you, how'd the blow go today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it wasn't a bad blow, JT. Yeah, thanks, thanks for asking, mate. Yeah, no, I was happy with a lot of the decisions. I, I thought that six again that, that I called about 14 minutes in, you know, it could have gone either way, but I, I think I got it right in the end and, uh, you know, I, I was happy okay. the way it turned out at the end. Sure, the score was a bit of a blow. There's not much I can do about that. I mean, I'm not a player. You know, I don't hold the hose, mate. Um, you know, uh, I came in under an injury cloud. Yeah, I was producing far too much phlegm, and yeah, you know, I thought it was going to clog the whistle, but I got through. I it okay. got through it okay. You yeah. know, the note wasn't as pure as I, I, I'd like it to be. You know, as you, you know, there was, you know, sometimes you get a whistle that doesn't work as well for you as others. But, but generally speaking, I think the players respected the whistle and they liked it. Yeah. And I often go back and look at uh, videotapes. Yes. Of, you know, obviously. Uh, uh, of great refereeing performances yeah, in the past. Right. You know, yeah, the great yeah. John Pierce. Well, I mean, what yeah. a referee. Yeah. I'd love to Bill blow Hunter. like him. Bill, Bill Harrigan. Harrigan. Yeah. I'd love to blow like him. Yeah. You know, people say to me, do you blow like Bill? I say, I try. Rugby League MasterChef is holding auditions for the next series. If you are a ticketed rugby league player, send a sample of your handiwork to MasterChef headquarters. Stand by the stove and listen for details on bludging on the blind side. Yes, uh, just a quick one before we go to the news. The car decision, Roy. Now, obviously, it's five months from the... uh, stewards during the week and now she's gone to the Supreme Court to, mm. you know, contest that action. Uh, uh, the charges of giving false and or misleading evidence to stewards during the inquiry into the Mornington, which mm. is Coven Airbnb saga. Mm. Now, what's it's the no, I mean, she claims that she wasn't asked specifically. Correct. Whether so-and-so was Whether there. so-and-so was there or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't volunteer the information and she said she didn't volunteer the information because he'd left before the police arrived. Yes, fair enough. You know, fair enough. That may well be true. That may well be true. And so she's she feels as though she's been hardly done by with the five yes, month, yes, uh, five yeah. month ban. That's right. For that simple mistake. For that simple mistake. And of course, the, the, those leading the inquiry were embarrassed uh, when it was found out that the Mornington Five was actually the Mornington Six. Yes, I understand that. So you, you can understand their difficulties there. And Suddenly the, there are six there, and they were only told that there were five there, but they didn't ask. Was there a sixth? China, Rugby League, Australia, join the dots. It is your future. Imagine the Shanghai SARS slugs packing down against the Footscray funnel webs on Mars for the Volandis Cup. All future intergalactic fixtures on bludging on the blind side. And remember, submarines are the spaceships of the ocean. Now, if you want to get involved with the show, 0467 920 222, 0467 920 or the old way, roynhg at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Uh, yes, uh, HG. 
yeah, submarines. I mean, it's a great opportunity, really, HG, before I get to the e- emails, for our naval architects, isn't it? Have we got many naval architects? I'm sure we do. You know, as I understand it, it's a blank sheet of paper at the moment. It is a blank sheet of paper. You well, know, well, uh, almost. We've got the thrust solved. I know. That's true. Thrust that's is true. solved. That's true. Are you... Uh, which, which, which means everything else is up for grabs, you know, um, simple questions, basic questions, like how, how many submarines do we need? How many torpedoes are they going to carry? How many periscopes? Yeah. Oh, I'm a two-periscope guy. I, I think it's great having one up the front and one... Right up the back. Two conning towers. Yes, yes. A twin tower. How tall should the mast go? How tall should you, how far down can you go and still have the periscope above water? <laughs> See, we, we can have it really down. How That's deep brilliant. can we go? That's a brilliant We can go idea. deeper than anyone. Mm. Well, do you, I don't know. Can I ask uh, the question about the number? Can we fish while we're, you yes, know, exactly. can we, can we right, fish yeah, yeah. from this bloody thing while it's underwater? I, I understand what you buddy. Surface, fish on top, yeah. You can fish then. Yeah, can you, you see just... the fish while you're shitting them? Yes. Well, are there windows? Windows. Some of them don't have windows, mm. which I find crazy. Mm. I mean, what can you look at? Will the hunt for Red October be exactly like what our boats will be like? Exactly. How much drag? Oh, drag. You know, do we put a diesel motor in just for backup in case something goes wrong? In which case... I don't know. How many submariners are going to be on there? Exactly. That's one. I mean, two blokes or two submariners, I should say? Well, I think that... Or maybe 20? I don't know. What's the the diameter going to be? How many levels? Yeah. Didn't the Japanese crack the reducing the number of staff on a submarine? What, down to one? Yeah, one. Second Mm. World War. Oh, those little mini-subs. I think there's one at Holbrook. There was. Yes, there is. They're tiny know. things, aren't I know, they? I, I think the, two of them were at Gallipoli. Is that right? Mini subs, yeah. And did they were they nuclear? I don't think they were nuclear then, HG. No, no I don't think so. I think they were like diesel. <laughs> diesel. No. But it is baffling, isn't it? I, I mean, these things are going to be still built in Adelaide, I'm led to believe, the new ones, you know, so we just build it and then the propulsion system arrives and it's bolted onto the back. Is that it? <laughs> But and see, I thought the problem with the French boat was the one we wanted, the, the one that Chris, the Chris, Christopher Pine ticked yeah. the box on, that was nuclear-powered. In France. But what was causing the difficulty is that it had to be retrofitted with diesel to suit our conditions here because we wanted diesel. Can I ask about nuclear? So that, so that was causing the difficulties. You want what? Oh, sacre bleu. These are sacre bleu. Christ also gave a lay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I ask? So why can't, why couldn't we just say to the French, well, look, uh, let's simplify this. Give us your nuclear ones yeah, yeah. and we won't retrofit them with the bloody diesel because we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. You know, I don't know. In a nuclear thing. I can understand why they're upset if that's the case because the, the, the head scratching was all about the retrofit. Now, in a, a nuclear you know, reactor in that circumstance, mm. do the rods go in and the rod for speed and the rods come out? You know, do you know what I mean? Well, you ask the... me how a nuclear reactor works on a submarine, I haven't got a bloody clue. <laughs> See, I, honestly, I don't. I don't. You and I... I'm sure it's being taught in schools. Oh, well, I was just going to say that. You and I have been prosecuting <laughs> nuclear power in schools to solve so many problems. Yeah. And yet we don't have anybody looking at that. All we've got is nuclear subs. Yeah. Now, surely this nation has yeah. got the wit 
and the capacity to put nuclear power into schools and normalise it. Oh, into and, schools, and right. Gives, you know, to power up the... To power know, up, power up like the classroom lighting. Yeah, <laughs> the air conditioning, classroom lighting. You know, let's say they... Next you'll be saying cars, nuclear-powered cars. Well... Well, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Just get real little ones. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, the thing, gonna... the thing about it, look, the difference, I, I think that the French nuclear so, design yeah. requires a fair bit of maintenance. The thing about the American nuclear design, you put it in once, you leave Enough it for 30, you don't look at it for 30 years. I, I've advocated for nuclear power plants the size of incinerators. Can you remember the old school incinerator? Sure. Where, you know, that size. Oh, I know you can get them a lot smaller than that oh, now. Oh, can you? Oh, God, yes. Oh. I think so. You mean like a cardboard box? Size? Yeah, cardboard box. Would it be down as size as a cornflakes box? No. Yeah, well, down the, down the track, you'll get them that small, mm-hmm. uh, which means you can put a lot more people, In a lot sub- more submariners, because the, the, the engine's taking up so little space. Can I ask, what does a submariner do? Apart from, I understand Oh, you navigation. read books, you do crossword puzzles, you <laughs> do games you can play. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, and you've got to keep your eye on the doop doop doop. What, you know what's that <laughs> the about? Green screen. What's that about? We're picking up something. <laughs> picking up something. There's something upstairs. Something <laughs> upstairs. Skip up periscope. <laughs> yep, it's a boat. <laughs> That's right. You sure it's a boat, Skip? Yep. Yeah, it looks it's like, a boat. Looks, looks like, like a, a tinny. A tinny out of Eden. <laughs> now, what have you got there? Oh, anyway. Ah, now. I'm sure we'll come back to that topic. This has come from Steve. He says, uh, is the subcategory of rugby league players who have kicked on, bearing in mind the post-footy career of Pat Jarvis, could you investigate who are those players who became removalists? Is it only Pat Jarvis? He says that, uh, as far as he knows, uh, manly veteran Norm Pounder became a uh, removalist and John Walker, a prop for Easts, in 1967-68 became a removalist. Well, oddly enough, I had a, a contact with a removalist quite recently. Rugby league player. Rugby league player. No way. And the the one of them was not obviously ticketed at uh, you know club level, uh-huh. uh, you know, or an NRL level. But he said his team had lost one hundred and eight to nil on the weekend. One hundred and eight to nil. Hell of a match. Wow. Mm. And, and he was, he, was he wasn't down in the dumps enough no, to. He he didn't affect his to... didn't affect his lifting. No, he didn't expect he was lifting. He said, no, we're off to training tonight to look at the tape. To look at the tape. (laughs) 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 That'll be a very sober, sober viewing experience you'd imagine. Now, really unfortunate Latrell Mitchell incident and even more so the slave and murder case. Look, I was never charged with murder. No, I know. I I was never charged with murder. No. Look, my understanding, it, it's an emotional yeah. thing. And it was a timing issue. It was a timing. Look, and that I was, hit the bloke and what happened was his rib broke, snapped and went into his heart. Could happen to anybody. That's what happened. Mm. Everyone said there was nothing illegal about the tackle of the whistleblower. Lovely bloke. He said, well, there's nothing wrong with that tackle. I'm not even blowing a penalty. I know the bloke's dead but I'm not even blowing a penalty. I know. Well, these things happen. Because it was just a really good tackle. Mm-hmm. Perfect, some said. Mm-hmm. Stomp said it was great. Nothing wrong there, Roy, he said. Do and it ha- again. And how did Grass go with the last rights? Did he get well, it all Grass done? was out there very, yeah, very, know, quickly. very quickly. Yes. Very sharpish. Very sharpish. Anyway. Um, now, read the murder case here. 
I would like to draw your attention to some wise words from Doc Evatt. Oh, yeah. As Chief Justice of New South Wales, the Doc was called upon to adjudicate upon a claim of compensation from a public servant who'd been injured in a lunchtime game of rugby league in the Sydney domain. Oh, wow, that still goes on, I think. It does go on. Yeah, you see, touch comps. footy. They, they yeah, play touch footy. Yeah, yeah. lunchtime comps. The Doc found in favour of the public servant praised the departments for organising such lunchtime activities yes. and concluded with a verse from Adam Lindsay Gordon. And this was, uh, that game was never worth a rap for a rational man to play and which no accident, no mishap could possibly find its way. Wow. Eh? Now, Doc Everett was a big instrument, or, you know, a big mover and shaker for the United Nations. United Nations. Yeah. He might have been the Secretary General. Mm. I think he was. Oh, yes. They say he was a little bit mad as well, uh -huh. which made him interesting mm. and loved his rugby league, of course. Um, now, this has come from Darren. He says, uh, Paul Green has been stood down as the coach of Queensland. On behalf of New South Wales, I'd like to suggest Dishhead Dowling be the new coach. <laughs> Fair Dish. enough. Dish yeah, and no, dude, he's got Dish. the heart, he's got uh, well, the, the passion. passion. Yeah, and maroons through and through. Yeah, and he's, he's now got a lot of fair bit of... Uh, Time on his hands. Well, not only that, um, broadcasting experience. Oh, yeah. He can handle the press. Yeah. I oh, know he'd be perfect. You know, because I think Wally used to talk to him regularly when he was a, might have been a sideline eye. How you seen it, GD? We all knew he meant dish. <laughs> now, this has come from... Nine wouldn't let him say it. No, this has come from Jason. Uh, Jason here, the creator of Married Love at First Flush. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. With the recent long bathroom breaks of Tennis Tyro's Sisypas against Andy Murray and Batista Agut against her own Nick Kyrgios, we've been wondering just what the two were actually taking so long to do in the toilets and potentially with whom. Yes. Could yes. it be they are finding a little bit of, uh, you know, taking a leaf out of Rugby League's book here? Uh-huh. And being wanting to audition for Married at First Flush. Well, maybe. Now, can I just say that you, I think, uh, mm. felt as though the toilet break was all encompassing, uh, you know, a shower and change of clothes and underpants oh, yeah. and so on, and things like that, yep. which could take some time if you're a picky washer. Or, I you suppose, know, yeah. You need to soap up and uh. then wash it all off. Well, I think World Tennis is looking at this. They're going to change the rules. Are they? They are. You're no longer, as far as I know, as of the Australian Open, should it go ahead, you will not be allowed an eight-minute toilet break any time right. you like. And will the like-it-or-lump-it man yeah. still be able to do what he's threatened to do? Ah, not too sure. No. Well, I suppose if the... Not too sure. If the bending of those rules that you've just outlined yes. which are going to be changed, there may be a moment where he decides, I've had it, that's it. Well, that's, that, that's true. That That's true. And... Look, there may well be occasions when a player, you know, genuinely feels no, the need to I go know, to the I toilet, but he or she would have to prove it. <laughs> that becomes a bit tricky. You'd probably have to cut to an ad break. You would. That's and right. And bring out the screens. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which probably take eight minutes anyway. True. Now I think about it. Uh, now, could Arthur Beetson be considered a rugby league visionary? Uh, this is uh, Timbo. He says, I offer two historic facts. He put the first mate v mate stink in state of origin history, yeah. paving the way for others. And that's true. True, that's true. They thought it wouldn't work, didn't no, they? No, they, they did. But then... Um... But, and Parramatta, he was playing at Parramatta at the time with Mick Cronin and punched Mick in the head. That's right. Because and that's what started it. 
That's yeah. right. That's what started the hate v hate. Yes, and yeah. the mate v mate. Yeah, people are still trying to get square for that incident. That's right. It, it, and it can never be satisfied. No, I know. It can never finish. No. It's a war that has no end. That's right. It's, it's, and it's, that's its beauty. It is. It's, a, you know, it's a tragedy. It gives us certainty. Exactly. Certainty. And there's so much certainty. I mean, truth will free you, but hate gives you certainty. That's <laughs> true. Very sober, isn't it? Uh, now, HG... Um, uh, now, this bloke says, uh, this is uh, CJP, this is Colin. Let me start by saying I know bugger all about rugby league. Jeez, honest there. I've attended two games in my life, but he did get to meet Les Johns when he was working at DJs in Sydney. Well, the Queensland, uh, no, New South Wales. New South Wales. A winger. Uh, fullback. Fullback, sorry. Yeah. Fullback, yeah, yeah. Very injury prone. Yeah, from he had a, had a way about him, though. He did, he did. He, had, he was a terrific player. Um, he was a fullback and uh, played for Australia as well. And he was a bit of a hero for those in the know. And I'd often see him at David Jones at Bankstown Square on various promotions when I worked there on a Saturday morning in my student days. He says, a second much much more serious matter, you suggested last Saturday that uh, also Spag Zarathustra was part of the Planet Suite, a not uncommon mistake in my experience. It was a magnificent tone poem by Richard Strauss. But it was set to music. No, a tone poem. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I didn't realise Richard Strauss had written it. Uh, Gustav Holst wrote The Planets, a fine work too, but does not include also Spake Zarathustra. Okay. And yeah. in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say... Yes, the movie... Yeah. The movie where it's uh, famously used. Yes. Yeah, that's just slipped my mind from it. I can see it quite clearly. Yeah. Uh, Space Odyssey, Space Odyssey two, yeah. 2000. Mm. What are we listening to? The tone you're poem? Li- you're listening the- to the Richard Strauss tone poem. Okay. Now, yeah. I would have said, as I did the other day, yeah. that was part of it. Uh, common mistake. Yeah, fair enough. Common mistake. So I thank him for correcting us because yeah, we, we both we'll made, never make we'll that mistake. Ma- we won't make that and error in again. In fact, what, what's interesting is now I'll probably get it out and listen to it in an entirely different way. Yes, and see it as a tone poem. That's it for the emails this week. Okay, uh, this is Bludging on the Blind Side. We'll be back right after this. Australians, do you want to become a rugby league referee? You're shocked your parents won't speak to you and now you don't know where to turn. Well, help is available. Keep listening to Bludging on the Blind Side. Roy, this is a, a story that's going to bring a tear to your eye, I know. Uh, because we're talking about Joey L- uh, Leilua. Oh, Joey Leilua, yes. Yeah, he's set to transform himself into a prop. Is he really? In an everything-you-can-eat bid to earn an NRL deal. Now, we've had some wonderful stories of mm. triumphs over adversity. Remember yes. the, the bulldog who pl- who had to sleep in the panel beaters? Yes. You know, sick room? <laughs> That's right. After With the fumes music. and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the paint, the tube pack. Yeah. All that sort of stuff, yeah. And um, you know the uh, the other, you know, injury people overcoming injury, all sorts of injuries in strange and unusual yes. ways. Yes, and but, and that problem we had before of the winger trapped in a prop's body. Now this appears to be, yeah, or uh, a prop what, trapped in a winger's body. I think the the issue was, and then someone suggested someone raised the issue of uh, might have been uh, the chief in Newcastle who mm-hmm. started life as a winger and ended up front row. Well, the, Joey uh, started off as a winger in his younger 
years. Did he really? Years, younger, yes. Yeah. Uh, Lee Lua's management has been marketing the off-contract centre as mm. a front row forward and the unwanted tiger is poised to reinvent himself as, a, you know, obviously a up-front right. man. So his manager is <clears> selling <throat> him now as a prop forward, mm. even though he's never played. He's never played it. Right. <clears throat> he's he's just eating a lot to get there. To look like one. <laughs> is that it? I think so. Well, why? Uh, the manager thinks he can get more money. I think so. For him as a, as a prop. Prop, yeah. Yeah, than a winger. Uh. I think he would be absolutely devastating in the middle, says uh, his agent, Paul Sutton. Paul Sutton. There aren't yeah. too many better ball runners than, uh, than him in the game, and he'll have no trouble making the switch. Right. He's weighing at 106 kilograms and standing 186 centimetres. The former winger. Yes. So this um, edgitis, uh, I think it's got a technical name, edgitis <clears throat> propitis, yes. uh, dysmorphia, mm. is, this is the first known case of it yeah. that's mm. been sort of spoken about publicly as you and I are yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah. people have it, but I they don't know so. they have it. Didn't uh, the, our, our commentator here uh, on this particular network who looks at the rugby league, uh, Luke Lewis, didn't he start as a winger and ended up in the forward pack? Not in the front row. No, no. But, but in but the I, forward I think pack. you're right. I think you're right. But it he... doesn't happen very often. No, it's hard to do. Yeah. I no. think Sludge Rogers might have gone from, oh, I sludgy. think he could play anywhere. I think he ended up playing, I want to say, lock. Now, it's difficult, different if they can play anywhere. A lot of players can do that. Yeah. But it's hard to acquire the skills to be a winger oh. and then a prop. Oh, almost now, impossible. Now, the former winger is already bigger than some props, including people like Aidan Tolman. Is he bigger than Aidan Tolman? It's hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Adolf right. uh, Fanukin. And he is about to get bigger. Without a deal and eyeing off a Super League switch, Leilua will bulk up to become uh, like Jason Tamalolo. Whoa. And earn himself a new deal uh, in the NRL. He could easily put on size, yeah. but I think he's already plenty big enough. He's already 110. He has both the size and the motor to play prop or in the back row. Right now, the former Raiders wrecking ball never wanted to be a back. He was always a back rower. Always a f- sorry. He was. He was always a, a, a forward. Yeah. He played plenty of prop, but was always an edge back rower when he got to the Roosters. Right. It was only the fact that he played on the wing as an under eighteen in a grand final that turned him into a back. Chance right. is a weird thing, isn't it? Isn't it ever? Isn't it ever? So he doesn't like the edge. edge. He's, he, no. he doesn't see himself as a natural edge player. He doesn't. He doesn't like. He's the not edge. an edge player. He's not. An, he can't. He can't. Yeah, he wants to be in the middle. He can't handle the abyss can't on the other side. The abyss of the edge. The other, yes, that's right. You've summed up beautifully. <laughs> now, people mm. saw how good he was out wide and it stuck. I mean, oh, yeah. that's the problem right there. Yeah. People have got fixed minds, haven't they? They, they do. See him, when you uh, see a good edge player, player you, you think, think, you, oh, you, think oh, you only see him as an edge player. That's well, that's right. true. So he's never had a chance to prove himself as a forward. Mm. Some predicted a move into the middle would help Leilua yeah. uh, capture the type of form that helped take the Raiders to the grand final in 2018. You forget that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do. You do. It would be an interesting question to put to a lot of wingers. I mean, hands up all you – get all the wingers together. Hands up, who'd like to be a prop? Well, <laughs> I think you'd be surprised the number of people – the, the number yeah. of wingers who'd put their hand up. Well, you see, that's that quote, isn't it? Because it's the glamour of the prop. The glamour, the, the exactly. glamour of the scrum. Big blokes. Yeah. yeah, the glamour of the scrum. I want to mm. just be I close just want to, to stick my head in. That's right. I want to hit somebody in there. Yeah. And, of course, uh, uh, you know. I want to be in the engine room. The engine, engine room. room. That's right. Now, people point out that forwards win matches, but then the backs 
determined by how many. Yeah. See, oh. that's, that's, what, that's what the glamour is. Yes. You're winning the match. You're setting there. a platform. Exactly, setting a platform. You've got to set, set a platform, don't you? Now, can I come to Wingers a... don't set platforms. No, they, they just... can't. <laughs> now, can, speaking of that, can I highlight the work of Blake Ferguson, one of the rooftop two? Yes. Now, he is... He couldn't set a platform. Well, he's a big bloke. He's though. a big bloke, but is he interested in becoming a prop? Has he said anything to you? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. <laughs> And he's thinking about playing rugby union, which gives you an idea of how. What is a prop? Yeah. No, well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't survive. They've got a real scrum in rugby union. Now, uh, coming back to Joey, he's Joey, a, yeah. a player that needs to be involved. Mm. He needs to get the ball in his hands, and he would get plenty of that by making the switch. Now we come to ball Jim. in his hands. What he's going to get the ball in his hands more often as a prop than he would. Well, this is an well, odd way. Early in the early in the set, he'd, he'd run the ball up. I suppose he'd be guaranteed at least one run every set. He would. Whereas if you're on the wing, sometimes the ball doesn't get out there. I know. Someone's so, you know, you go one or two sets and the ball... Oh, give so, us the ball! Well, how how often has Hayes Dunster touched the ball since he began playing rugby league? Yeah, hardly at all. Hardly at all. Hardly so, at all. So you can camp out there and, and bludge on the blind side. Yes. Just make up the numbers. Yeah. Especially if, yeah. The, if the halves are only going right with the passes and you're on the left. That's right. That's right. Put so, in, Dunster. <laughs> What have you done today, Dunster? Mm, give us you the know, ball. that's the thing about Dunster. He never has to have his shorts washed, does he? <laughs> he doesn't, no. <laughs> but th- you see Blake Ferguson do busts, which yeah, you think, well, you do. why didn't he work closer in? Yeah. You know, permanently, as opposed to closer. Oh. He comes into that position, often in the early in the tackle count. Right. And tries to play like a prop. Oh, okay. But he just doesn't discipline himself to be there all the time. Mm. I'm not saying. You're suggesting Blake Ferguson might, uh, he might be an edge player. I am. Wow. Yeah, I'm okay. the only one who's Put him in the second row and have him work the right edge. I, I'd love to get the thoughts on the continued, well, the, the eight hours. I <laughs> the mean, eight hours coming up. Well, yeah, that's, that's a, a big topic. For him, yeah. real Should Blake Ferguson be put on the edge? <laughs> the Bludge is calling for all public conveniences on the Eastern Seaboard to be made rugby league compliant. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, someone's um, suggesting, actually, uh, this is Al in Coffs Harbour. He says that um, he thinks the great Artie Beetson might have started off as a winger. I didn't know that. That would surprise that me. That would very much surprise me. Yeah. That, uh, he might have. I'm not saying it's wrong, but. Yeah. Uh, someone will know. The, um, now, six, Scott yes. at Summer Hill is saying, can we name these submarines after ornaments to the game? Yeah, well, look, I think the naming of the submarines is going to be a big issue. It is going to be a big I, issue. I could see an election swung on that. For instance, what would happen if you decided to name them mm-hmm. after the people who were principally involved in the organisation in the first place, like the Christopher Pine? Oh, the Pine. The HMAS the pine. pine. Where, where are you serving on today, Captain? Oh, I'm on the mm-hmm. Pine. Mm-hmm. Um or, you know, I forget, I've got to be honest here, was Malcolm Turnbull the Prime Minister when that happened? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, the Turnbull, the HMAS Turnbull. Turnbull. Well, they're two very good suggestions. Someone's suggesting the HMAS Ray Price. Yeah, I know, I know. It's got I a know. ring to it, it hasn't does, it? It does have a ring mm. to it. but Especially uh, in the context of today. But, certainly. but then you'd see the difficulty is, is the AFL, if we start naming them after, only after rugby league, they'll want to... They'll, be, they'll get the hump. They'll get the hump. They, they won't say, want to become submariners. That's right, in Victoria. Melbourne, they're, Melbourne they're, people won't. Yeah, no, they won't. They won't go on the boat. They won't. Just, they won't yeah, get I'm involved. not getting on that boat. No. <laughs> but if it was the Bartell, the Bartel, the HMAS oh, Bartel, yeah, yeah. they might. They might. Yep. Or the HMAS Newman, mm-hmm. after Sam, of course. Yes. 
or the you know you may have to get you know some yeah. obviously be, movers and shakers involved. Or the Maguire, the HMAS. Yeah, I just think that Maguire, HMAS, Eddie. Yeah, because they did speak to the people of Melbourne. So Imagine serving on the Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a shock to me. Mm. Uh, it's half a century. That's how many years more the Penrith squad for tomorrow night's semi-final have spent representing their club than those at Parramatta. I mean, what a stat. Hang on. I've got to get my head around this. I know. So what he's saying... 50 years? Yeah, 50 years. Half a century. Yeah. Um, th- that's how many years mm-hmm. the pa- the Penrith side have, have worked for the Penrith people mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, than the people playing for Parramatta have worked for the blue and gold. In other words, if so you had... So 50 up, years more than, 50 pa- more than, than Parramatta. Yeah, so they played... Oh, <clears throat> okay. So this team's been together for a fair while. That's what he's saying, yeah. That's what he's saying. So... If someone's been there for eight years, someone else has been there for seven years, et cetera, et cetera, whereas with Parramatta, they're largely uh, blow-ins that have only come in the last ten minutes. Yeah, well, they're rejects. A, a rejects. rejects. Yeah. You know, all those... What uh, a fascinating uh, statistic. Yeah, Bryce Cartwright's former uh, Penrith. You've got uh, yeah. Sean Lane. Yeah. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Regan Campbell-Gillard, indeed. He might uh, have gone Papa to... Lee. Yeah. Um, they're, all, they're all rejects from other places. They are. And now get this. A lot this. of rejects from Penrith. Yeah, that's who, true. Who weirdly have that statistic of being 50 years more seasoned than the... the... It's hard to work yeah, out, I know. It? I know. It's counterintuitive, isn't it? Thanks very much. Now... Was this because of the, the, the was it the Gould set up the, yes, the, the Gould, system, yeah. the Penrith system? The, the Centre of Excellence the and Resilience. The Centre of Excellence, yeah. And Resilience. Now, get this, Gould steps up now. You win comps with chemistry. Chemistry. Now, okay. I always thought it was a culture that won a comp. Now yeah. we've moved on. We're into chemistry. Right. That's different to culture. That's the chemistry between the players in your mm. top team on the, of the day. Mm. Right age and stage of their careers, the chemistry with each other and how well they gel on the field to fight the common cause. Yeah. I like that language. I do too. When you're in a sub, you'll be fighting the common cause. That's what you want. You want chemistry yeah. on a sub, I'm telling you. You do. Now, that'll be a very interesting selection yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got to use you, you do a lot of hot bunking. Yeah, hot bunking. Now, can I ask? Just spitball yeah. here. Do you reckon there'll be fifty on each sub? Well, let's say there are fifty, but there are only going to be ten beds. I oh, know. That's where the <laughs> hot bunking comes. Well, they forgot to put them in. Yeah, well, you know the French design. Somehow that dropped off. Well, eight hours sleep, three hours twenty. You get three blokes using the <laughs> one bunk. That's how it works. I know. I understand. You don't have your own bunk. No. Not on a sub. <laughs> Unless we design it with a dedicated bunk. How many, how many heads? How many toilets? Yeah. Do you have a toilet up one end or one other? Yeah. Where do you have them? Yeah, I know. That's on what level? How many I levels? Know. Got that four l- levels? You've got to have two toilets on each level? That's eight toilets. And ours, 50 blokes. You know, do Gastric. A, gastric, I know. Break out of gastric. Break out of gastric. Can What's going to happen? Where's can, the queue for? Can I ask, do Australian toilet procedures mm. marry easily with a french design no or they don't the, or the no well obviously <laughs> they don't but i was thinking more the american and british design oh, of yes procedures. american toilets you know you plenty of room yeah now it's your uh, japanese toilet that was that was the problem with the japanese with the japanese yeah it couldn't easily adapt it's small yeah, it's small mm. i find the more time this is good again i find the more time you play together, the tighter your relationship and your bond and the more spirit you develop, the harder you play, players are that will fight for each other. Now, 
Is that right? It's sort of right, isn't it? Mm, it's sort of right. But then you've got culture overriding this. Yeah, I, I'm confused between culture and chemistry. No, so am I now. See, I, thought... I, I assume when you go pig shooting with your mates, you're developing culture or you're developing chemistry. Well, we're well, can... bonding. Now, where's bonding fit into this culture chemistry Equation. Well, Gould hasn't explained it all. I'll oh. just finish up what he's saying. The two clubs have long been regarded as having the biggest rugby league junior nurseries in the world. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. The biggest rugby league junior nurseries in the world. God almighty. No wonder the world's scared of us. Parramatta are now playing catch-up on their Western, uh, Western Sydney rivals. Since mm. the Eels' golden era a decade ago, they've produced lots of stars familiar to Bludge uh, listeners, mm-hmm. the Eels have prioritised recruitment over retention in the pursuit of success. The list includes people like Carl Webb, Willie Tonga, Chris Sando, uh, Rennie Matua, mm-hmm. Ben Roberts, Corey... No- 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Now, more recently, it's included Clint Gutherson, Mitchell Moses, Ryan Matheson. Um, however, Moses and Matheson both came through the Eels junior system before making their NRL debuts at the West Tigers and Sydney Roosters, respectively. Right. So there's a bit of continuity there. Yeah. Now, the Eels' inability to develop or identify local talent was recognised during the club's 2018 external review. So that's something that came Who out. Who did that? Ex- was that a ghoul review, actually? No, no. yeah. The Gagin's <laughs> review, was it? Because we heard it was, nothing. It was, it was Gould and Gagin's. This is the first well, time Gould, this... Oh, the first of the Gould Gagin's. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the first of those. This is the first time this has surfaced. Now... Mm. Um, with the with an emphasis on replicating the system it developed at the turn of the century, that I think he means two thousands, right? Uh, which was being ex- uh, executed efficiently at the Panthers under Gould and his successor in Matthew Cameron. Right now, many years ago, the Eels went down the path of trying to buy their premiership. Said Gould. Yes. Every now and then, when you might you might strike gold and find a group of players who have chemistry to gel together for success, but the talented individuals alone won't guarantee you anything. The Eels undoubtedly have a strong roster of great players; they'll be hard to beat. Then, Matty Cameron chimes in, the current Gould. Yeah. We have built from within a culture that we put in place into... Oh, no, hang on a minute. We've jumped back to the culture. We have. To 2012 when Ivan came to the club. Uh, Cameron, general manager, uh, told the Nine Network, we believe that our success at the moment can be partly attributed to connecting the, that the players have with each other, mm. the jersey and the community, which includes the Western Corridor. I mean, this begs the question of how much mm. did Lithgow pay a part in your success mm. Mm. and the chemistry versus culture mm. because Lithgow at the time had a great culture. Mm, it did. It did. The thing is, HG, <clears throat> the thing is with rugby league, you can't buy success. It's got to come from the spirit of the team. Mm-hmm. Now, in my experience, you get a squad that develops you know, you play in those days, back in the day you'd play, you know, four stone sevens, five stone sevens, six stone sevens, seven stone sevens, eight stone sevens, nine stone sevens, ten stone sevens, then, then under 18, under 21, then flag, then uh, then first grade, same blokes all the way through. Such chemistry. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew where everyone was. And where they were going. And where, where they were going, mm-hmm. what their dreams were, what their ambitions were. And when you throw in the odd picnic, the odd going out shooting pigs and stuff and going to the casino with 10 bucks in your pocket and just playing the pokies with a mate, stuff like that. I know. Stuff that brings tears to your eyes now. That's you premiership it, winning that's, formula It there. is, it is, and you can't buy that. No. You can't buy that. No. And, and, and a lot of coaches think, oh, well, here we are, we're the Shamrocks now, now we're going to buy this bloke, you know, he's going to get, get the bloke come from Sydney. 
slot him in, see how it goes. It doesn't work. No. Because he has we, no we, idea we where resent. the casino is. He gets so. resented. I know. Straight away. Because he doesn't understand the culture. No. He doesn't know any of the stories. No. You know, remember the time we were at the casino? And he everybody doesn't won. know he wasn't there. No. Remember that pig we got? The one that, you know, the, the, with the, the three went ears. crazy over that yeah. three years? Mm. He doesn't know he wasn't there. No. And you need that. No, that's true. See, that, that's chemistry, that's culture, that's bonding, that's something. Yeah. That, that's yeah. success, that's... that's, that's is, um, it, is it worth Parramatta turning up uh, tonight? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. The next Bond film, Scrum to Nowhere, has a rugby league feel. Dr No has returned as the evil Count Barillaro, who was planning to burn all Steedens and Rugby League goalposts. The producers need Rugby League woke extras. Details hung bludging on the blind side. And please, no time wasters. Uh, one thing that happened this week was this move of the... Uh semi-final next Saturday night to yes. avoid the clash with the AFL with the grand AFL final. final yeah. And everything's awry at the moment because uh, the AFL's got a week off this week. Now, yep. this is a story that has some backstory. Uh, it's a, mm, It's got to do with how the game develops mm-hmm. uh, and one of the areas they're worried about is Brisbane yeah. and... Queensland, for instance, Queensland is in the middle of a population boom. Brisbane's south side and southwest corridor has a population of 2.1 million yes. people with 45,000 moving into the area annually. Mm-hmm. Last year, more than 12,000 Victorians moved to the state because they love their rugby league. Yeah, of course. Now, you can see where I'm going with this. We've got the bungers, the firecrackers, the rural Sounds like you get that, three or four teams. That's what that my area. point. Yeah. My point was why don't we start with four because then mm. we wouldn't alter and have that ugly buy. We might be able to have a Division One, Division Two. I know people are, I know it's controversial, yeah. but I think or that would be – conferences, a conference system. Confer- yeah. Oh, a conference system is good. Like East, <clears throat> mm, that's good. Yeah. Now, Philanders and Abdo are currently trying to sell the idea uh, – of new team, open brackets, S, close brackets, <coughs> yeah. to broadcasters Foxtel Online from obviously get the money yeah. and uh, current 16 clubs whom they need the support. Now, this week mm. the Broncos came on board. They're very taken by the new idea yes. of uh, more teams. Right. The, uh, they had a big meeting and all the uh, Broncos <coughs> people were there and they set out what was going on and they loved the names and, you know, the whole ambition of what they've got going and the more money obviously would be a terrific help to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find a, uh, a um, note that in- indicated how much money it would be, but I can't for the minute. Now, the game's deal with Foxtel extended to until 2027, the terms of which are undisclosed, and a new free-to-air deal is being struck with nine. It's a tricky one for the league as they weigh up bids from, well, bungers, F crackers, mm-hmm. uh, dolphins, and rural and regional Anzacs. Yes, yeah. but what I'm <clears throat> worried about is they need to be planning a stadium out there. Yes, they uh, can't. Uh, they can't just everybody can't all troop into some training court. facilities. Training uh, for uh, center of excellence. Center of excellence. It's all got to be done. Mm. Uh, and I'm just wondering if is there the will from the uh, Palaszczuk government actually for this sort of infrastructure for this sort of uh, this sort of spend. I mean, when you when you look at it, if we say we did go with three teams, three teams, the bungers, the 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 rural and regionals, and the, the rural F- and regionals. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we need three grounds, training grounds, three centres of excellence and a stadium. Well, I'm looking at two million. No, two billion, sorry. Oh, easily. Easily. I About two billion. Let's, let's say half a sub. Half a sub? Mm. Mm, I wish you hadn't said that because yeah. then I think, well. Gives it context. I know, I understand. It gives it context. <laughs> the difficulty is. It was probably yeah. not quite half a sub, actually, now I think about it. It was going to be 80 billion, wasn't it, for eight? Eight, so that's so 10, 10 billion. billion each. So let's put it up to 5 billion. Yeah, all right. For the rugby league. Yeah. But see, what worries well, me. Well, that's easy for a, for a politician then to argue. Look, if you're going to spend 10 billion on a sub. Why not 5 Why not on... 5 billion on a centre of excellence? Mm. And people are going to say, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Tick. Now, Philander, you see, the difficulty is you get caught up in the problem of New South Wales rugby league and rugby league politics. We're entirely different, entirely yeah. different. Yeah. You know, New South Wales is gangbusters about building, you know, 100,000 seat stadiums on every corner. They do. You know, they've got Lotto uh, Land and Penrith and, yeah, you know, yeah. sort Sydney of. Sydney Stadium. Sydney Stadium. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't get away from a stadium in New South Wales, can you? Yeah. But, of course, that was the dream, that, that no person should live, no person should have to walk more than two minutes to get to a stadium. That's as, right. As part of your human right as a New South Wales person. Mm. Mm. That's right. Well, that's a beautiful policy. Now, both Philanders and Abdo have been meeting with the clubs in recent months, pitching the merits of the new team. The reaction has been varied. Some mm. see the bigger picture mm. uh, and some understand the extra value of the franchise. All of them want more money yeah. and additional revenue. Self-interest will always win. This is Rugby League Awareness Week. There are league-related activities across Australia. Pull on the boots, pull up the pants and get involved with bludging on the blind side. Yes. Uh, now, this uh, story about the Broncos being thrilled to bits with the new teams. Yep. The... Uh, ARL Commission's expansion plans have received a massive boost with the NRL's richest club, the Broncos, backing the explosive new rivalry uh, with a uh, proposed second team in Brisbane. Uh, you know, well, our a second Broncos team? Well, now, that's really Broncos 2. Wow. Could they – there might be another name for horse that we yes. could use. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Stallions or something. Br- except the Brumbies, of course, the Canberra Rugby yeah, Union. They are. So Stallions, yes. yeah. Now, the RL Commission boss, uh, Peter Volantis, held high-level talks with Broncos CEO mm. and the chairman, Carl Morris, on Monday. I would have loved to have been at that meeting. Oh, wouldn't you ever. You know, Volantis has made a personal pledge to consult the 16 clubs mm. uh, and after 11 years of expansion heartache. Oh, I didn't realise we were in the second decade of expansion heartache. Mm. Uh, well, it's I, really a story, HC, that goes back to 1908. <laughs> really. <laughs> The second century of expansion heartache. It is. That, that, that sets it into context, Garth, doesn't, doesn't it? it? It's such a thorny issue. What would be great is if somehow the new structure mm. arrived at roughly the same time as the first sub was able to move around oh, and bring the sub up Lord, to... Lord, yes. Mm. You're talking 20 years down the track here, actually. We are. I mean, so we'd be in the, well into the second century yeah. of expansion heartache. Has that what it's been, expansion heartache? I suppose it has. You mean... The head office has been telling well, the Well, expansion in the past has created headaches and heartache. But is it along remember, the lines... Remember the Northern Eagles? Oh, yeah, Northern Eagles. That was hopeless. Hopeless. And getting rid of the Bears. Yes. Who, who were going to be the Northern Eagles. They were. That weird the, thing. That it didn't work. And are you completely satisfied that joint ventures work? No, they don't. They don't work. Well, what happened if you... What happened pa- with West Tigers? I mean, what's that about? I know. Well, I mean, well you've got the Tigers culture. 
And chemistry. Uh, and you've got the West's chemistry. I know, it just doesn't work. And it's oil and water. I know, oil they, and they, water. They don't mix. Yeah. doesn't matter how much you... You, don't, you tie look, it up. you could spend six years with those blokes on a pea shoot. <laughs> you could. Uh, and it's not going to make a scrap of difference. They'll still hate they, each they'll other. They'll still hate each other's guts, you know. Because they play their junior football for the other club. That's it. That's now, it. That's it. The same with St George Hill War. I mean, Hill I know, Warren, it's hopeless. Look in. It's hopeless. I know. It's a, it's a, it, it is hopeless. And there's so many people moving to the Illawarra. You know, this, it's just chockers with people that, wanting to play rugby league. That's you right. Know, people like now, Illawarra should have their own team, Jack the Wollongong whatevers. Yeah, the Wolves. Are, no, Steelers. But they don't want the St George there. They yeah. hate St George. Yeah. They see them from up the road. They do. They to, up near the Cronulla. I know. Up, up past Cronulla. Jubilee Oval. Yeah. That lot, that mob. You know, 11 years on the trot. Changer. Mm. Nothing to do with it. Oh, I think Changer might have been born in Wollongong, but that's a separate issue. Yeah, I know. He couldn't have played for Wollongong because there's no team. And remember that great logo they had of the, the bloke with the funny things coming out of his head and all that sort of stuff? This is the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers. Yeah. I love that Steelers I culture. I know. I mean, that just died, didn't it? <laughs> Oh, you're right. The bloke, the bloke with the horns coming out of his head. Was and that the, it? And the circles, circles around, around his head, the, and he looked, looked like his... Superman. Looked like he should have been in a bloody one of these new films, the uh, yeah. DC comics. DC comics. Mm. Look, that's a, a challenging issue to leave on, but uh, unfortunately yeah. I'm sure we'll come back to expansion in, uh, well, we've only got a couple of weeks of the season left, but whenever the season resumes. <laughs> and in the meantime, uh, bludge on, blindsiders. Coming up, of course, 12 hours of pure, unadulterated rugby league. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.